How can we protect our nerves from injury? I'm Ben Valsler from The Naked Scientists, and in this Cambridge Cafe Scientific podcast supported by the MRC, we'll find out why damage to nerves by toxins or physical injury can choke the nerve cell itself of vital chemicals, leading to irreparable damage. And we'll find out how new drugs could help to keep nerves healthier for longer. Healthy nerves are essential for a healthy body. They carry the signals from the brain in order to keep everything under control, but they also signal back to the brain with constant updates as to their condition. Nerve degradation, where signals are no longer able to travel the length of the cell, occurs in response to age and to injury, but is also a hallmark of a wide range of diseases. And slowing or preventing this degradation could mean a vast improvement in quality of life for those affected. Dr Michael Coleman, a neuroscientist at Cambridge University, is looking to understand the mechanisms behind this nerve breakdown. There are 100 billion neurons in, in, in the human nervous system um, and most of those are located within the central nervous system in the brain and spinal cord and how we'll have their cell bodies, that's the, the, the part of the cell that's shared with most other cells, with the nucleus, mitochondria, uh, and all the places that make protein synthesis um, um, in, in that cell body. And in addition to that, there are dendrites, long processes coming into the cell body that bring electrical signals in, and then there is a single axon that comes out of that cell body and takes the electrical signal onto the next cell. And that axon can be very long, anything up to one metre long in a human. And that's the very long process that actually transmits the, the electrical activity and therefore transmits the information. Yes. But it's not just the electrical signal that it transmits. There's also yes. transport of proteins. How, do, right. how does that work? OK, so like any other cell, the axon has to stay alive, carry out ATP synthesis to, to, to keep processes going within it and to deliver components to the synapse at the end of that axon to carry out this uh, synaptic transmission there to make new neurotransmitter chemicals and everything that does that all the enzymes and all the organelles the mitochondria and so on all have to be delivered uh, by a process called axonal transport that takes place along rails if you like which are, are made of microtubules and it involves motor proteins or ATPases which drive the energy uh, for the transport processes. So they're pushing uh, these particles along, they're actually pushing in both directions, things have to go out and things have to be recycled and that axonal transport process is essential for the axon to survive. So that keeps them alive yes. and what sorts of things can actually stop that from happening? A very wide range of things, in fact it's, it's it's very common in a, in a lot of neurodegenerative disorders for axonal transport to be impaired for, for one reason or another. Some of those are inherited. There can be inherited defects in the microtubules or in the motor proteins that, that carry that out. There can be toxic disorders, and that a, a good example of that would be in cancer chemotherapy, where the drugs that attack microtubules in cancer cells also have a very significant side effect of attacking microtubules uh, in the axons and causing peripheral neuropathy. 
inflammation in multiple sclerosis would be an, another example of, of what interferes with the axonal transport process. And what are the consequences for the cell itself if, if it can no longer transport these proteins and organelles down its length? What happens? So typically what happens is that the ends of the axon, the, the far ends, what we call the distal ends, die back. And the part that's furthest from the cell body is the part that's hardest to maintain. And if anything goes wrong with the delivery of those cargoes, molecular cargoes inside the axon, that's the part that suffers first. And typically what we see is branched axons. They're extreme distal ends. There's a lot of branching. Those branches thin out uh, as one after another they die. And eventually the, the axon length starts receding. In the very worst case, of course, that results in death of the whole cell. But typically a large number of axons' terminals are lost and a much smaller number of neuronal cell bodies are lost in neurodegenerative disease. So the consequences for the organism, so if it was a human who'd, let's say, had a spinal injury, you can no longer get the transport of the proteins that you need down through your spinal column, therefore you start to lose the nerves in the periphery. Presumably that's what leads to people being wheelchair-bound, people losing feeling and movement in their limbs. In the the case of a spinal injury, that's, of course, a very sudden and and very traumatic event that will lead to very quite rapid degeneration of axons beyond the site of the injury. And in the worst case of spinal injury, of course, a, a, a failure to transmit instructions for for actions and sensory information back to the brain beyond that point more perhaps much more common than that would be slowly progressing disorders such as multiple sclerosis and diabetic neuropathy uh, um, as, as two examples where the axons will start to die at the distal ends and consequently will be the gradual loss of function when those axons are lost So in diabetic neuropathy, for example, there's a a loss of sensations at the distal ends, the extreme ends of limbs, uh, hands and feet, and this has a lot of consequences. So uh, diabetic neuropathy patients will often be carrying a significant traumatic injury to their legs and not even know about it, and that results in gangrenous effects in the leg and and quite often even leg amputation. It's it's a, a very common cause of leg amputation, actually, so is there anything we can do to prevent this degeneration? Well, we are, and others are researching on, uh, on mechanisms to, that, that take place during the g- degeneration and hoping to understand enough about those mechanisms to, to develop drugs that can interfere with them. We're at the stage now where we have a drug that can have an effect in cell culture on, on axon survival and, and starting to take that forward to look at its effect in animal models It'll be some time yet before that can make it into humans. And in the meantime, we're hoping to identify other proteins that are involved in the degeneration mechanisms that are other potential drug targets, perhaps even better drug targets. Do we know how this drug actually works, or have we just seen its effects? We do know how it works. We're just trying to get the paper published. So we know how it works. We just have to convince everyone else, in other words. So um, it seems to interfere with a process that makes uh, a molecule called NAD in cells, uh, and NAD is required for a lot of um, uh, energy metabolism within cells but it also has many many other roles what we actually find much to our surprise it's not NAD itself but it's the molecule before that in the pathway something called NMN uh, which is important for the degeneration process and if we can block the production of NMN then we can actually keep the axons alive
Michael Coleman from Cambridge University. If you would like to join us at the Cambridge Café Scientifique, then details of the venue and upcoming events can be found at cambridgecafescientifique.com. The Triple Helix Cambridge Café Scientifique is sponsored by the Medical Research Council, and this podcast was produced by me, Ben Valsler, from The Naked Scientists. Thank you.